Hello, ambush, and welcome to this episode of the Desert Tiger Podcast. Here with me, your host on the DTP, I am Colton G. And today on the show, we're joined by electropop artist Russell Louder as we talk their debut album, Humor. Oh, Yes, we're diving into the four-year process that Russell embarked on in creating and crafting these songs, these stories, because humor is full of exactly that. It is a collection of stories, and we're going to discuss what inspired this storytelling direction. We're going to talk about some of the themes, some of the ideas that are tackled in these stories, like finding and embracing and loving yourself, like finding that piece of comfort that one calls home, which is exactly the topic that Russell tackled on their latest single, Home, which we're gonna dive into today. We're also gonna talk about the first single off of Humor, which was released back in 2018 and is entitled Cost of a Living. We're going to discuss the growth process over this four-year period and so, oh, so much more in today's episode of the Desert Tiger Podcast, and it is all brought to you today by DesertTigerMerch.com, where you go to cop yourself something to represent the show. And now, now it's about that time that we put our paws in the sand, that we dive into this conversation, going behind the music with Russell Louder. The Desert Tiger Podcast. Hi. Hello, Russell. How are you? I am fantastic. And how are you doing today? I'm good. Ah, glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. Always good. Always good to hear. Yeah. Thanks so much for um for having me. No worries. Thanks so much for taking the time to uh, join me today to take us a little bit behind this upcoming EP, humor, some of the tracks, and all of that fun stuff. It's actually a full length. It's a full length. Yeah, it's a full length. Oh, dang. Oh, dang. Okay. Okay. Hi. That's even more exciting. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I mean, it's like nine tracks, so it's not as long as most full lengths. So it's like, maybe it'll be its own format. Like, (laughs) like if an EP and a full length had a baby, that's what it (laughs) is. Breaking new ground. Track flex, but uh <laughs> doing a little bit of trailblazing then. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Why not, right? Revolutionary, so I mean, I, I see that in my research, but that's okay, right? I mean it's it's about time some things got changed, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we can agree. I'm glad we can agree. All right. So are you ready to jump on into it? For sure, yeah. Fantastic, fantastic. Okay, well, let's go. So, 
This has been a process of building this full length, this LP humor. It's been six years that this has been, or not six, four years yeah. <laughs> that this has been building. Sorry. Four yeah. years that you've been building it. And the last few singles have been building towards this. And it tells some stories, a variety of stories from different perspectives. So. What inspired this storytelling, this songwriting perspective? Um, well, I think that like uh, the relationship between storytelling and, and songwriting is something that is uh, ingrained in me from growing up in a place like PEI, where like songwriting and storytelling are the same thing um, in sort of like, yeah, the history of like, folk music and like how stories kind of get passed down through generations and through regions. Um, I think that is a huge element of it. I think also like I kind of come from a family of musicians and writers um, and poets. So like that kind of like the idea of that all coming together in my work sort of just makes sense. Just like, um, thinking about like who influenced me. Um, and then, yeah, I think that like, I, I draw less on, um, like personal experiences that come from like my lived experience in my songwriting and more about like, I, I tend to use like, um, feelings or images or like characters I picture in my head and sort of like, I run with that and I sort of, um, yeah, I look at what that perspective might look like in the context of a song. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, awesome. So with this variety of stories, this collection here, do some of these overlap or they, mm -hmm. is it like a theme that's running through or how does, how does it all connect? Well, I am... Um... It was, it's kind of interesting because like technically I've been working on this for like four-ish years, but um, I've also been working on a lot of other songs. Like I've written like over a hundred songs in the past four years. Uh, and so when I was sort of like handpicking, like these songs were sort of like, some of them were in my live set as I was touring a bunch. And some of them I had just kind of been sitting on for a while. Some of them are like the very first songs I'd ever written. Um, and I kind of like, like the four year process was less of a process of like active recording and working on it and more like a process of collecting and choosing. And so I sort of like, when I chose these songs, um, I kind of chose them because they were sort of talking to each other in, in, um, sometimes in, in story, but just also in terms of like musical arc. Like I was thinking a lot, I think a lot about like the pace of an album and how, um, my favorite albums sort of read like musical landscapes that sort of take you through a journey. And I, and I wanted to, um, I wanted to make an album that had songs that people would love and, and like maybe have a few songs that people like especially love, but I also wanted to make an album that you could actually just sit down and take it in, in, in its entirety. Um, so yeah, I think, but yeah, then I think about like the, the earliest songs that I wrote, which are, um, Go Now, which is the last song on the record, and Outside, which is in the middle of the record. 
Um, and there's sort of like a, yeah, there's like an arc of, of um, messages that sort of go back to each other, certain musical themes that go back to each other. Um, which is like, it's hard to explain if like people haven't heard it yet, mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think that's something that people can maybe look for when they listen to it. Okay. Okay. So it wasn't something that you were trying to tell a motif or a certain idea. These were stories that had definitely fit within each other and you felt had a connection just based mm-hmm. on what they were about and just the way they were presented. Yeah. And I think that like, I, I, I made, um, I intentionally sort of wrote the lyrics to be somewhat open-ended because I think that it's way cooler when people can, um, like when the listener can derive their own meaning from something. Um, I don't really like to, you know, create art that's like, this is what this is and the end. Um, so like, for example, like the track, which is already out, Hello Stranger, it was released last year. That's going to be on the album. And like, that to me was coming from like an existential that's like an existential like dance song (laughs) um but a lot of people thought it was like a breakup song which I thought was hilarious because like I just it wasn't about anybody it was more about like this idea of like recognizing yourself after like a long time of not um because hello stranger is like a thing that you don't you don't you never say that to an actual stranger right like that's yeah. So, so I think there's a lot of that situation happening in my songwriting too, where I'm like, I'm really playing with like what sort of phrases and perspectives, um, or like how certain phrases influence the perspective of a song. Yeah. Okay. No, I like that. It's always amazing to see how people interpret things. Cause I can definitely see how someone would think it'd be about a breakup because when you lose someone, you suddenly become distant from them and it's someone you knew for so long is suddenly gone. And then still from your, the way you're saying from like looking inward and finding yourself, it takes a long time sometimes for us as individuals, as people to find out exactly who we want to be. We're told from like a young age, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? It's like, we don't even know, like I'm 30 and I'm still figuring it out. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, we, or we figure it out and then we go away and then we come back and then we go away. You know, it's, you know, mm-hmm. it's never a linear journey. Exactly. Always learn, always learn and grow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So you mentioned that it wasn't exactly a recording of this album from right off the bat, but the first yeah. single from this album dropped in 2018 at the end of 2018 with cost of living. So what was the recording process of this album? Like how long did it actually take and where was it recorded? Well, the songs were recorded. Every song was sort of recorded in a different place. Um, I did. So like in, in 2018, when I released cost of living, that was the first single that I had released on uh, the label I'm currently on, uh, Lisbon Lux Records. It was shortly after I had signed like management recording publishing deal with them. And, uh, and so they wanted me, they had like expressed in our, in our meetings, we'd kind of been meeting up for like four months um, that they, they wanted to work towards like a full album release. And uh, we had agreed that, it would be smart to sort of slowly release singles over time to sort of build up an audience. Um, so that like 
um, the album might like be able to have a little bit more of a splash when it does drop. That's the, that's the hope. I mean, you never know how it's gonna, how it's gonna work out. Could be a flop. I don't know. But, um, yeah, so, so I had actually, I was still like living full-time in PEI and I just recorded cost of living. I had like the track already recorded at home and I did a few vocal takes just at home into like a handheld mic, no bells or whistles. Um, it's a really simple track. There's like a beat and a bass line and a synth and my voice and that's it. And then um, I sent it to Julien, who's my manager, and he just like mixed it, cleaned it up, and then we got ready to release it. And that's actually how the rest of the album has been recorded. Um, I like went like I do all the initial production, and then Julien cleans it up, mixes it, um, and then I, I went in to record four vocals in studio with an engineer, which was really helpful because like recording your own vocals is annoying. Um, but yeah, like Hello Stranger, Light of the Moon and Cost of Living, which are the three singles that are currently out. I just recorded at home. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, but it's like, I, I'm, I'm the kind of person, like, I don't need a studio. I don't need people around me necessarily. Like I'll just kind of work with what's there, but if there is a studio, if there is like stuff that I can use, I'm going to want to use it. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, yeah, it's also like when we started like really putting the album together, that was like when the pandemic hit. So um, I was sort of like just cleaning it up in my bedroom, like on my laptop, like really kind of DIY. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, we talked about the process of building it. Let's jump into some of these stories now. Of course, let's start off with cost of living let's take us a little bit behind this experience this adventure Mm -hmm. um yeah cost of living was something i sort of like a lot of my songs on this album i had sort of developed live on tour so i would often have like the um the backing track ready and then i would uh just sort of improvise lyrics over it and just kind of go with what stuck night after night which was like really intense and like not always graceful but um cost of living was one of those songs uh and then so i'd kind of been like playing with it playing with it and then like one time i was rehearsing i ended up rehearsing it and um it all just came at once and i wrote it all down and uh yeah after i had like kind of discovered what the the meaning of the song was I realized it was sort of about this like what I was chewing on at the time was um this idea of like I just watched yeah okay so it was like this idea of um understanding what it's like to um to to look at like dark parts of yourself and want to escape from them. Um, and like how common that is and, um, how that's a question that often goes so unanswered, but it's like, like that is like a survival mode. So like this cost of living thing was sort of like another double entendre. Like people thought I was talking about the housing crisis, (laughs) but, um, But yeah, the cost of living is like, is this what I need to do 
to survive, like, could this be the cost of living? And then like to forget without forgiving, like, like this idea of like numbing out and like not um, necessarily facing your problems head on, but being so acutely aware of them all the time at the same time. Um, so I was kind of just going into that, uh, delving into like that character a little bit of like, what is it like to like not trust anything anyone says? And like, you know, um, yeah, be constantly looking for this like strand of hope, but also like not really, um, being able to grasp it because you're so like internally uh messed up so yeah that was kind of that was what that song was really about which is like brutal like a brutal topic but um people seem to like it so (laughs) well it is a very brutal topic but we as human beings can definitely be our own harshest critics and we always look at other people and we compare ourselves to other people and we're like, oh, wow, these other people have so much going on for themselves. And we don't even think that what demons is this other person going through? And we pound and we pack everything on top of ourselves. Yeah, it's so funny. And like everybody's usually doing that. But also like some people aren't. Some people just aren't doing that, which I think is fascinating. (laughs) It's true. And then some of them like go on without it for a long time and then suddenly it hits them. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The so, time comes for everyone. <laughs> the human yeah. human experience, right? Mm-hmm. But it's just it is it's not everybody's as alone as we all think that we might mm-hmm. be inside of those hard moments, which is the important thing to remember. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think this sort of like this question is sort of like a it feels universal in a lot of ways. I think of like, I think a lot of people sort of like have this idea of like, is this, what is this it is like what I'm doing working (laughs) really working for me.
let's dive into another one of the adventures, another one of the stories that is coming with humor here. Let's dive into the most recent single that is released on February 3rd, which mm-hmm. is before or after when we do this recording, but before we release this interview. So, yes, it's January 30th for the record. So yeah. we're talking about the song that is already out before it yeah. comes out. But so, it's yes. not out now now, but <laughs> for the listener, it's now out. Yes, and they should go and stream it. So right. let's dive into Home. Yeah. Um, home is like, it's another song that was like created this similar way to Cost of Living. Like I just kept like improvising it and it would often like open my sets. It was like sort of like this big, loud, um, slow, but like epic feeling uh, production. And uh, it's about this this question of like what home is and what it looks like and what the search for home looks like and not necessarily like home being like your house or like where you live, but like the home of like being in your body or like being in, you know, being comfortable with who you are or finding your people or like, it's very open-ended that way. Um, and so I like, yeah, there's like kind of themes of, of questioning and arrival. Like, how did I get on this journey? Like, I've been saying that like, if, if this album was like a film, like home would be like the opening scene. Like it would be like the protagonists entering into like the new planet where like a billion things explode at once and they're like, whoa. And then the journey begins. Like that's kind of what home feels like to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so that's, that's kind of what's up. And, um, it's this idea of like, I think there's also this feeling of like, maybe not looking like there's a line in home or it's like, I don't want to talk about love because the one I'm dreaming of is somehow here and gone. Like, it's this idea of like finding, um, not necessarily love, but like sort of like a, a searching for the, for the self in, um, like wanting to be secure in that before, like branching off into other directions of mm-hmm. relationships, uh, which I think is like also really common. So yeah, that's sort of like my elevator pitch <laughs> in that song. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. And it's, it is, it's, uh, the idea of home is something that not everybody exactly knows. And definitely mm-hmm. a lot of people are searching for, and I hope that a lot of those people find that idea because it's um everybody deserves to have that security that comfort that ability to you know go and find that peace of mind whatever it is that happens to bring it yeah 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 like it's it's sort of i think it examines home as like like the idea of home as like something that um that you have with you as opposed to something that you find mm-hmm. like still trying to find it mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's also, well, they say that in order to love, you have to be able to love yourself, which it's not 100% true because you're still capable of loving, even if you are damaged. Yeah. I mean, everybody's so damaged. Mm -hmm. Everybody's just so profoundly damaged. (laughs) And yet, Mm -hmm. you know, love exists. Mm -hmm. And it's in your, 
even if you are damaged, that's a part of you and that's helped create you too. And you, mm -hmm. one day, hopefully you are capable of loving that piece of yourself as well. Yeah. I'm a fan of loving the damaged. I think it's a good, it's a good way to be. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Hey, it's uh, if if it wasn't there, you wouldn't have come to the exact moment you're in right now. And sometimes that moment is those rough moments. They're tough, but they have to happen for you to appreciate totally. the beauty. Totally. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So you mentioned about how this piecing together started to come together in 2020. And of course, 2020 was an odd year where a lot of musicians had to adapt, had to change things up. So how had... The word the... you're going to use, odd. It was yes. an odd year. Yes. <laughs> okay. There's a lot of words that it could be used. catastrophic. No. It, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, it's... Uh, so how was humor? How have the most recent singles... How have, has everything had to adapt through mm. this? How have you adapted? Hmm. Well, I mean, like I was touring, like pre-pandemic, I was touring for like a couple of years straight, like just constantly. Um, and uh, it was fun and I got really good at playing shows and like my live act got really tight, which was awesome. But um, that's too much touring. That's like so much touring. So I, I was actually, when the pandemic hit, I was really grateful for just the like regular sleep schedule that I got all of a sudden and like, Oh, I don't have to be prepping for a show. So now I can actually like sit down and focus on finishing the album. Um, so that was nice. I also, but like, you know, for the first couple of months of the pandemic, I didn't really do any work. I was like, this is because I think I was just feeling the collective, like what even, um, and I was seeing all these musicians like pumping out stuff like crazy and doing live streams. And I was like, you're insane. Um, not really, but like, I just didn't understand like how people could like, you know, adapt so quickly to like something so um, that felt so big, mm -hmm. uh, that is so big. Um, so yeah, then, but then like around the the summertime, spring, summer, I started to like, actually see the like we were starting to get into like mixing the album so the songs were like for the most part written and recorded and uh yeah it, like things were starting to feel finished which felt cool um or like I could see what the album was turning into um but I wasn't able to play live shows so my my income was compromised which was tough and I don't think enough artists talk about being poor but like it's a thing um, and, uh, so that definitely affected my work. Um, but then, yeah, I was like, I was getting into, uh, really just sort of looking at my work from the outside in, as opposed to like four years of kind of trying to figure out what it was while I was like, so in the throes of it, which I think is like describing surgery while you're having surgery. Like you, there's just like no way you can have any perspective on it someone else said use that term to describe the pandemic I forget who but um that like using surgery like describing surgery while you're having surgery has been like a phrase that I just keep like keeps coming up in neon lights in my head because it's so like like we don't know how this time is going to like affect us in total so 
Yeah. But um, it helped me like slow down and like actually look at the work in short. But it was also like not all like butterflies and productivity. It was like a really intense time for me as it was for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. uh, anyone who's watching this, it's uh, another reason to go out and support the artists that you love because yeah. they are having a hard time right now not being able to tour, see your faces live, and yeah. give you hugs and all those beautiful things. So go out, stream their music, buy their stuff, yeah. s- even just share their stuff. Even just share yeah. their stuff with the old friends. Yeah, we love a good like. Oh, good thumbs like. up. Good thumbs up or a heart. Oof. Yeah. Boost the serotonin a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> another like, another day. <laughs> All right. So now that we're into 2021, now that humor is going to be releasing, what are the rest of the plans for the release? Is there going to be any live stream performances, any recorded performances? Is there going to be any music videos, any fun stuff like that? Yeah, we're like, we're, I mean, like, okay, so I'm currently in Montreal at this moment, um, which is in pretty intense lockdown. They're having a curfew, which is problematic, um, but uh, for like, for homeless people, uh, for houseless people. Um, but uh, yeah, like right now, <laughs> we're like, we've put a halt on like music videos and live videos just until things kind of simmer down because like hospitals were reaching like critical triage points. And I was like, I can't do this in good conscience, right? Good conscience right now. Um, so, um, we're like looking into some COVID safe or COVID safer rehearsal spaces to do some live videos with a five piece band. Um, and then some music videos as well, uh, later in February, I believe is when we'll be shooting. Um, and yeah, they'll kind of be like trickling out um, after the release of humor, which I love. I don't think it should all happen in one week. I know that's like bad PR or whatever, but I think it's like cooler to just have like sort of a constant stream of stuff over like a slow burn than to just be like, here's all my shit. <laughs> Well, yeah, and it shouldn't just be a giant blip in time either, where it's just like, and here's a giant dump, consume it all at once, or it's like, here, appreciate these yeah. moments. Yeah, and I and I think that that's like that's like the problem I have with like the pop music cycle of releasing stuff is like everybody just wants like all of it all the time, and I've just like I've released three singles over the past, like two, three years. Like I've been working on this album for four years. Like I'm really just like not in a rush. Like I would rather, like, I'm a big fan of like quality over quantity, you know, just like we've been making it really good. (laughs) (laughs) Just wait. We'll get there. You'll enjoy it. It'll be good. Just wait. (laughs) Delayed gratification. Mm -hmm. COVID, you can wait. (laughs) it's all right it's all right all right all right russell so before i ask my last question where can the ambush the listeners of the podcast find out more about russell louder uh well uh i'm on all the streaming platforms 
I'm on the Twitter. I'm on the gram, the Instagram. I'm on the Facebook. I'm on the, no, I deleted my LinkedIn because I didn't understand it. <laughs> um, that is it. That's probably not it. I also think I have a website. No, I do have a website, but it's on the Lisbon Lux website, lisbonluxrecords.com. Um, that's where people can find me. All right. Awesome. And they definitely, definitely should go ahead and do that. Stay connected. Keep up to date with when you release those music videos, those live streams, all that fun stuff. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. Okay, Russell, last question. So we've talked about the last four years, how you have crafted humor, how you've been building this process. What I want to know, though, now is how has this journey either helped you grow or taught you about yourself? Well, <laughs> I think that like um, songwriting is one of those things where I, I think I learn like it's, a, it's because for me, it's more of a process of storytelling and like um, thinking about what characters are and, or who characters are and where they're coming from it's like an ultimate empathy exercise. So I think just like that as like being a part of my work is, um, yeah, I've gained like a ton of insight and, um, compassion for myself and others. That's huge. I think I've also just gotten better as a, as a producer, um, and as a songwriter, it just like, in the objective crafting of, or like, you know, as objective as you can be about songwriting, which is a subjective thing. But, um, so there's that. And then I think I just like gotten really, uh, hip to what I want <laughs> as like a business person. But that also, I think trickles down into my personal life. Like, I'm just like very like, I have a clear vision of like what I'm looking for in business relationships in like the kind of reach I want to have in um, the kind of work I want to put out. Um, I feel like ha I have more control over all of those things now. So that's, that's cool. Like, I, I think I just feel more like generally grounded um, right now, as opposed to like four years ago when I started this project. Yeah, well, four years is a long time to uh, learn, grow, and uh, come to peace with a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, it is. All right. All right, Russell. I want to thank you so very much for taking the time to join me here today. Thanks for having me. It's a lovely, lovely time. Tired to carry on another night.
Ah, oh, M. Bush, wasn't that a good time? I know I had a blast. I hope you did as we went behind the music with Russell Louder, as we talked about that new album, Humor, which you can find in its entirety right now on your favorite music streaming service. It's that easy. When you're there, hit follow. You might as well go ahead and check out Russell on social media. Give them a subscribe on YouTube so you can stay up to date with that electro-pop sensational sound. And with that, I need to give one last roaring DTP to Russell Louder for joining us here on this episode of the show. And I have to thank the amazing, the wonderful Taffin from Indoor Recess for going ahead and setting this conversation up. I have to thank the incredible German over at your podcast editor for making this episode sound so clean and pristine. Last but not least, I need to thank you, the Ambush tuning into this episode like you love to do if you have yet to join up with the am it's as easy as hitting the subscribe or follow button on the podcast listening service you're using right now click it <gasps> did, did, did you did, did you yeah oh my goodness you're part of the ambush congratulations i am so glad to see you here two times every week going into the future But if you wanna help us grow a little bit more than just that, there's a few ways you can do it, like taking a screenshot of this episode and sharing it on your social media with your friends, with your family. You can rate this podcast a big ol' five stars on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher Radio, and you can also head on over to DesertTigerMerch.com to copy yourself something to represent the show everywhere your beautiful soul goes oh yes oh yes and now ambush it is time to tell you that next tuesday on the podcast i don't know what the date is you guys know i'm terrible at looking this up so i'm just gonna say next tuesday on the podcast me the colton g is joined by melodica as we talk her new single, Beautiful Disguise. I know you're going to have a good time grooving and getting down to that one. So until then, though, y'all know what it is. Actually, I want to change things up a little bit. Normally, I tell you to go find your mountaintop, your oasis. But sometimes when we're chasing that dream, that mountaintop, that oasis... We forget to take the time to tell the people we care about, the people we love, the people who helped to build, to craft us into the human beings we are today. We forget to take the time to tell those people we appreciate them, that we love them, whether they're family, whether they're friends, whether they're teachers, whether they're bosses, whoever it happens to be. All I want you to do is take the time to tell at least one of those people today what they mean to you. Maybe even tomorrow, do it again with a new person. Maybe keep doing that and keep letting the people know in your world just how much you appreciate them. Well, you still have them. Because they too are beautiful, strong, 
and wonderful and capable of so many wonderful things. And until next Tuesday with Melodica. Bye-bye, Ambush. The Desert Tiger Podcast. <laughs>